Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to To The Point Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Noah Warren. We're here on New Year's Eve, and we're lucky enough to have back. He's taking his time out. He doesn't, doesn't celebrate any holidays. He's just working all the time. My good buddy, Matt Wright, we're, we're going to be talking some college football today. But uh, Matt, good morning, and thank you for coming on again. Awesome. Uh, thanks for having me on, Jug. You're looking forward to talking some college football, and maybe after this podcast, I might have to grab a drink. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. yeah well... With your Irish slated to play uh, Alabama tomorrow, I think you might have to have more than one. Yeah, that uh, that's going to be quite the game. I, um, like I said, I don't think I'm going to be drinking tonight on New Year's, but after that uh, Notre Dame game, I might need to go pick up a bottle of Irish whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> you know, win or lose, hit the booze, right? Right. So, no, absolutely. And so coming into the weekend, we got Alabama playing the Irish. We got Clemson playing Ohio State. So one versus four, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, two, three. And let's just start off the podcast by talking about, I love lamenting about stuff. So let's talk about the college football playoff committee. What, what were your thoughts on the decision weekend and the four teams that were selected? I really didn't like it. I, I think it really made it look more political than it already is. Everyone knows how political the committee is and this decision didn't do any justice to help their cause especially for a maybe like the diehard fans like myself who love college football I'm still going to watch right but someone who you know is on the fence about whether or not they want to watch this could really turn people away from the sport um unfortunately it comes down to money uh but they had they made a decision at the start of the year that you had to play six games like the decision was in so it's not like they were waiting, waiting it out, and then made a decision. They made a decision at the start of the year and then changed their mind. And it wasn't like it was the whole – it was the Big Ten. They made that decision. It wasn't the SEC. You know what I mean? They changed the rules just to get Ohio State in there. And it's it's it's, it's just a joke. It, it's an absolute joke. And the crazy thing is, is that it's not like the teams that were ranked five and were ranked six were, you know, Coastal Carolina or – BYU. You know, yeah, BYU or whoever it may be. They had Texas A&M ranked fifth and Oklahoma ranked sixth. Like those are two money-making schools that will still bring in the fan base, still Absolutely. bring in the viewership. Like you watched Oklahoma last night. I mean, they deserve to be in that top four. But the crazy thing is that they make this move and it just doesn't benefit. It benefits Ohio State, obviously, but I don't mm-hmm. think it benefits anyone else. I think it just looks terrible on college football. No, I agree with your point about uh, the fan that's kind of on the edge. I think your point's well taken because if you're a fan of Indiana, maybe you're not going to get in, but why would you watch this if, if Ohio State's getting in? Like, wh- why would you want to watch that game? Like, no, the fact that AM didn't get in is crazy to me. AM is that makes the most money of any college football team. And I don't think people know that, but I read that in Sports Illustrated just before Christmas. They pay their coach the most money. They make their all they do is they print money down there, and you, and you say, okay, Ohio State, we need you in just because we need a Big Ten team. Well, you already bit slapped the Pac-12 and, and the Big 12. Like, why does the Big Ten get this this special treatment? It's crazy that the Big Ten gets. It seems like the, there's there's you know five power conferences, but then the Big Ten is even more powerful than that in that five. It's like. It's like you have a group of five buddies, but like, you know, two of them hang out all the time. Right. You know, it, it's crazy that, you know, take a team like Cincinnati. I was watching Cincinnati. At one point, Cincinnati was ranked fourth or fifth. 
they kept winning and they kept dropping out of they the right. Yeah. They were dropping week by week. They were dropping one spot from fourth to fifth to sixth to and seventh. And then eventually and they, they dropped doing, out of the top 10 for a minute. And all they were doing was winning. And it's like, how does that process make sense in any league where you win and you drop? I know. And, and you see these guys for like, I, I think ESPN does a good job with their show with Reese Davis and Herb, Herb Street and, you know, all those guys. But how do you sit there with a straight face and put your four teams in and then you see Cincinnati dropping and you don't like throw a fuss about it. And it's almost like this fix is in because they know who the four teams are going to be already. And they're just like, well, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, who gives a shit? Yeah. It's, it's the elephant in the room, right? Where they, they're not, they want, it's like, you can tell they want to talk about it, mm-hmm. but they're paid not to, right? They're, right. they're not technically in your contract. They're probably in their contract, not allowed to talk about it. Right. So they might say a few things, you know, beat around the bush, but they're not going to say exactly how they feel. But as you say, I'd be pissed if I was a team like, you know, a fan base of Texas A&M. You're not tuning in this weekend. Screw that. Like, yeah, no. And, you know, Clemson, Clemson A&M is more intriguing to me because, um, well, number one, A&M gets to deserves to be there. And I think, you know, Kellen Mond and Isaiah Spiller is really fun to watch at running back. And just, I don't know. It's just Ohio State, they haven't proved anything. They've beaten Indiana, who who is a good team, and Northwestern, who's okay. But, you know, Justin Fields has looked terrible in both those games. And other than that, they've beaten nobody. Like Michigan State, like we could beat, me and you could beat Michigan State. Michigan State was terrible. Penn State was terrible this year. Mm-hmm. Beat both of them. And they, and they didn't beat them by a lot. They beat them by maybe 10, 12 points, and they were high-scoring games. Like, their defense hasn't done anything. No. They're, they've never – even in those six games, like, college football, they talk about style points. You get style points, which I'm not a huge fan of, but that's the reality of the situation. But they're st- they wouldn't even have many style points from this year, in my opinion, oh. other than that, you know, one game where the running serving went off for, you know, two-some – 250 mm-hmm. but other than that they they really haven't proven anything so that like why put them in you know maybe give them the eighth or ninth seed you know give them a give them a good bowl game i have right. nothing wrong with giving them a give good them bowl. The, uh give them florida give them florida give them last night's game yeah you know, that's, exactly. that's a perfect spot for them and not the top four no and i feel the worst for but cincinnati too i mean they went undefeated and you can only play who you can play and you weren't you couldn't play out of conference games and I watched a little bit of Cincinnati. They're a fun team to watch. Like Desmond Ritter is a good player and they have a good program there. And I don't know it A&M or Cincinnati worked their asses off all year. And if I was them, I wouldn't even want to play in a bowl game just to stick it to the college football. I hear you. And know what this really does, Jug? It hurts recruiting for these schools because right. a player is going to see this decision and be, and think to themselves, no matter what I do, yeah, I'm not going to be able to get in that big game. We could go, t- you know, Cincinnati potentially could have went undefeated and still not yeah. made the bowl, which is crazy to say. Well, we think of that uh, UCF team. Remember a couple of years ago with uh, Shaquem Griffin there? He has one hand. Yeah. They went undefeated and they were ranked like 15th. Like it was, I think these schools, all they want is a chance. And I agree with you. Your point is 100% dead on with recruiting. You could have a top recruit and he might say, you know, I don't want to go to Clemson. You know, that's been there, done that. I want to go to Cincinnati and really do something or coastal Carolina, whatever, but he's not going to, because 
his dad's going to tell him, son, you're not going to get any spotlight here, you know, and do you really, do you want to win or you just want to play for the Outback Bowl, you know, come, come January? Look at Alabama. Alabama wasn't even sure they have, you know, Mac Jones, who's going to Heisman finalist. They have a quarterback waiting next year who just yep. is, at the start of the season. They didn't know who was going to be the starting quarterback. Right. So they have these big schools where these players go there because, you know, they'll sit a year or two and then get into the, you know, get in their second or third year because they know they're going to get the spot. Like they know, you know, if they go, you know, 10 and one, 11 and one, they're going to get even 10 and two or nine and two, they're going to get into the top four. Right. So it's just the program is so corrupt and this doesn't help this committee's decision this year just really doesn't help that it kind of reinforces all the bad things we think about the committee already. Right. And, you know, with recruiting, I think it's bad enough already because these two semifinal games this weekend, they could both easily be blowouts. I don't know if they will, but it could definitely be. Yeah, like, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Completely agree. On that. Uh, it's just frustrating. You know, we're both sitting here ranting. We know we're yeah. both going to still tune into the games oh, tomorrow. We're both 100%. excited. Five but, but just, watching. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm, I'll be watching. But it, it definitely is frustrating of how the committee runs college but, sports. But I'm almost more excited to watch Cincinnati Auburn tomorrow afternoon. Or, ooh, Cincinnati's playing. I think it's Auburn, but or, or yeah. Auburn might be playing Northwestern. But I'm excited to watch one of those first games before the semifinals. Yeah, those are those are going to be. I'm going to tune into those for sure. Those, like you said, those might be even more entertaining because those yeah. are two schools trying to you know say a big F you to the committee. Yeah. Well, they want to prove why they should have been there. Absolutely. Um, do you, would you want to go to eight teams? Do you think that would help this situation? You know, there's pros and cons to it. I know the pro you can't get into a full on, you know, March madness style right. because in football, your body's just going to get too worn down. You can't play, you know, every third or fourth day. Right. That being said, I think there's ways to, to get around this problem they have right now. I think maybe doing an eight game or seven or eight games, play seven or eight games. Yeah. And after those seven or eight games, the top 24 teams play maybe the next three games against, against each, other. each other. So, you know, maybe if you're ranked second, you play maybe fifth, you play 12th and you play, you know, 22nd. So you just kind of, and then that way you mean you can take those three games that those teams are playing against, you know, the top 24 or top 25 against each other. And that would at least be a better way. You can say, you know, uh, where a 23rd seed beats, you know, Notre Dame or beats mm-hmm. Ohio state or beats someone there's, there's that way. I, I could see maybe something like that, but they love the idea of, you know, the big 10 championship and the PAC 12 championship. And those and- are such just money grabs. They're, they don't mean a thing. No, they're, they're meaningless, those trophies. I think you can get rid of those games and do like a, you know, a kind of tournament style right. where you play a round robin, you know, and just not saying that you have to win all three games, but at least it would prove who yeah, it gives you It gives you something to, to brag about other than just winning your conference games. Exactly. So maybe do, maybe do a six or seven game you know even do a conference you know a pack 12 after your seventh game you know or a you know right. day 10 after your seventh game and then have like a mini tournament style where you do a, a round robin against you know three different schools who are all ranked in the top 25 yeah i don't mind yeah that, that's an interesting idea i've never thought about it that way uh i was thinking eight teams 
I'm okay with it, but I think there has to be a caveat, which the college football will never do, but we're talking as if we can run it. So I think if they do it, at least one team outside the power conference, power five has to be included. Like BYU, Costa Carolina, like every, every other year, there's a team that you don't expect to go undefeated for long periods of time. You know, I mentioned UCF earlier. I think they have to be included because otherwise we'll see a two win Georgia make the, uh, the final eight, and I have no interest in watching that. No, I I don't either. I, I completely agree. Maybe even you do you you do the winner of each you know power five, mm-hmm. and then you do uh, three other schools from outside the power five. The, the, the best, the best, yeah, the best of the rest. Yeah, because you look at Coastal Carolina, like they could have. I think Coastal Carolina might have played the two most uh, intriguing games this year. The game against BYU was great. That came down to the wire. And I don't know if you watched their game against Liberty, but that was a hell of a football game. That was so entertaining. Two awesome football games. That that uh, that BYU game to me was the game of the year that I watched on TV. Yeah. Like that, I didn't catch much of the Liberty game. I saw bits and pieces. I was at the rank, but uh, that uh, that BYU Coastal Carolina game was that was my favorite game of the year. Yeah, and you know those are two teams that would never get a shot at the college football playoff, and yet they had, they had the best game. So that, that just shows what the committee knows and what they like to, what they like to do, but money talks, you know, exactly. It's everywhere in life and especially in college football. Um, Let's pivot to Clemson uh, with Trevor Lawrence. Um, Just looking at him, the Jaguars secured the first overall pick in the draft last week, just from being inept uh, being one in 14 and the jets, being the Jets and winning two games that they had no business winning. They should have won three in a row, really, because the Raiders, (laughs) the Raiders game, they should be, should have three wins. But um, do you think that the Jags have a franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence? Well, I think this decision (laughs) with the Jets losing, picking number two is actually great. Sometimes like look at the Rangers and Kako a couple years ago. When you pick mm-hmm. two and there's two guys that you're like, I, I don't know. You have no uh, option about to take him. You have no option. You take the other one and then no one can get mad at you because you didn't really have an option. Right. Now, do I think Trevor Lawrence goes first overall? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Do I think he's a franchise quarterback? We'll, we'll see. I think he's a, a sexy name right now. Yeah. Now, whether he can make the franchise relevant, I mean – I hope so because you look at what Jacksonville was three or four years ago. They were playing the Patriots in the you know the AFC Championship. Yeah, if they had a competent quarterback, they would have won that game. They would have went to the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, which is you know, and look at the fall from grace that they have. And I, I think that there are Jacksonville is that team that if they're bad, people really don't care. And but no. if they're good, no. I, I think I think they do have a few pieces there, but they definitely need a quarterback. Um, they they're going to take a quarterback first overall. And I do think it's going to be Lawrence. I don't think they're going to take the guy from BYU Gibson there. They may, but I think, I mean, everyone knows Trevor Lawrence, you know, not many people really, unless you watch BYU, you probably don't even know who the guy is. No. Yeah. If you hear Zach Wilson and you're just like, who? Yeah. That's the thing. You hear that name, Zach Wilson. And you're like, I, 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 who's that? Right. And he's, he's ranked to go second overall. So I think they're going to take Lawrence. I hope he can make something happen now. Like we talked about the last time I was on, you know, are they going to just throw him to the fire, right? Are they going to, yeah. you know, what they need to do if they do draft Lawrence is I believe they have to take 
offensive lineman at least a second or third round, maybe even trade trade up. up. Yeah. Maybe trade up and get an get an offensive line, at least one, two offensive line. Yeah. You can't, I mean, they have the perfect example this year. Just watch Cincinnati. Joe Burrow, they didn't protect him, and he got hit over 50 times before he, his leg went in three pieces. Like they need to they need definitely need to upgrade the receivers and get him some skill position players. But yeah, O-line is so important now more than ever in the NFL because you can't hit the quarterbacks like you used to, but when players do get their licks, they they want to they want to let them know. So, and um, I like Chark who they have there. Robinson's fourth in the league in rushing, so he's he's yeah. a promising back. But I actually think it's better. I think it could be better in the long run that he goes to the Jags just for the NFL, just to make you know the southern you know the warm weather teams a little bit more relevant. Jaguars, Miami starting to turn it around. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing to see see that area kind of blossom a bit. Tampa Bay. Yeah, well, the, the other thing, too, is there's going to be less pressure if he goes to the Jets. Absolutely. Well, yeah. If he goes to the Jets, he's going into this, you know, mecca of football where it's just so much pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, wh- whether you're good, there's pressure. And when you're bad, it seems like there's more pressure. So yep. I think him not going to the Jets may be a blessing in disguise, like you said, for the NFL, especially for him too. And then, the, you know, the Jets will probably select the BYU guy. And then for mm-hmm. him, you know, I don't think that puts as much pressure on him than if, if the you know, Lawrence goes to the Jets and he goes to Jags, it'll be interesting to see, you know, anything can happen at the draft, but I do think that, that Lawrence goes first overall. Yeah. I think it would take, some trade package for them to get out of this because you know you have a quarterback in your lap you don't have to do anything to get it you just have to select them and you know they haven't had a a great quarterback in a very long time so uh it's i think it'd be very hard for them to pass up but he's one of four players nominated for the heisman trophy along with uh alabama quarterback mac jones florida quarterback kyle trask and alabama wide receiver Devonte smith so who's your Heisman Trophy winner? Uh, my Heisman Trophy winner is Devonta Smith from Alabama. He is the real deal. He, watching him, he is a game changer. He, yep. makes, he can catch the ball anywhere. He can – it was yards after ta- – after, like when he catches the ball after that first contact, his yards after that initial contact are insane. His breakaway speed is amazing. He is just an all-around – you watch him, you're like, that's a future – you know, Hall of Famer NFL player, which is yeah. crazy to say in college. And I don't like saying that, but I mean, what they're the last time a wide receiver won the Heisman, I think was in the nineties, maybe. Yeah. It was, it's been a while. It's been a while. So it'd be nice to see, you know, someone other than a quarterback. Um, my initial, like I talked to you on before we hopped on, I loved Kyle Trask the first half of the year. Mm-hmm. He was my Heisman candidate. Uh, fortunately that he kind of fell through, especially last night. I mean, any hopes he had of winning disappeared last night with the three interceptions in the first quarter. But I also had a push on for Ian book, you know, as a Notre Dame guy, I watch him more than any other quarterback, more than any other team. And he, he, to me, he's the best play. I would say the best managing a game. He's the best at it. But the problem that when they lost to Clemson, yeah. He lost any hope. I mean, fell right out. There was a push. If he off. wins that game, he probably, he might win the Heisman. If he wins that game, he's definitely in the top four. Yep. He may even win the Heisman. Um, now, 
The question is, do they give it to Lawrence because he's the sexy, the sexy, you know. That's my choice. worry. My worry is that they give it Lawrence, you know, he missed one, maybe two games for COVID. Yeah, two, yeah. Two games for COVID. So there's two games right there that are gone. Yeah. And, you know, so this kind of brings back to the Ohio State thing. Can you give it to Lawrence even though he missed two games? Right. I, I, I'm with you 100%. I think Devontae Smith's the best player in college football. And this year, I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence can't be better than him, but this year he was, he's such a joy to watch. Like he's, he's like a track runner, but he's playing football and he, he's not afraid to take a hit and he'll lay some too. When he catches the ball, like he's, I don't know if I've seen a faster college player like Matt. I really don't know because that he can do everything, but I worry about Lawrence too. Cause it's like, it's all, everything comes back to politics and wouldn't it be nice for Trevor Lawrence, who's only lost one start in college, he's going to go first overall, and he caps it off by him winning the Heisman. Now, it's a bit different because the committee doesn't decide. It's the football writers. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, let's be honest, they're just as fucking corrupted as the committee. So does it really make a difference? The one, one thing I'm a little worried about is – Alabama has so many weapons, right? They, their running back was was fifth in the vote. Yeah, Najee Harris. Najee Harris. So, so the question is, can they look at this and say, no, the success of Devonta Smith, does that come from, you know, Mac Jones. another Heisman candidate throwing him the ball? Right. And could, they, could there be so many, could it be one of those things where, you know, if you're thinking about voting for, you know. Kind of like a McDavid dry title. Exactly. Where half go to, you know to Matt Jones half go to, to Smith. And because right. of that, that, you know, break off the people who voted for Lawrence, Lawrence ends up winning. Right. Because they don't know who to vote for in Alabama because they have so many weapons. Yeah. I'm not going to be mad if he wins it because he's got 22 touchdowns, four interceptions, you know, completing 70% of his passes. But I just think Smith, you know, Smith just, he's a, just a game changer this year in college football and Alabama had, you know, Jalen Waddle, who is going to be a first round pick receiver, you know, Mechie the third, who's a Canadian playing for Alabama, who's actually looks pretty damn good too. But, you know, he's got, you know, I think he might be the best receiver to ever play at Alabama. And that's saying something with Julio Jones, you know, Amari Cooper being there before him, but it, it'll be an interesting vote. But, uh, I, I think I still think he can pull out. He can get the win. I think I think so too. I like I said, I wouldn't be mad if any of those three win. I mean, right. Trask after last night, he's out. Yeah, he's he's, he's out. He was the first quarterback since 2015 to throw three interceptions in the first quarter in a bowl game. Any bowl game, not Oof. you know a, a big bowl game. Any bowl game like that that just kills your chances. But in saying that, looking at Smith, I was looking at some uh, some mock drafts. And they have him going a lot lower than mm-hmm. I thought he would. Like they have him in like the mid teens, which as a Patriots fan, I am licking my chops. And right. if he drops to the Patriots and they don't take him, <laughs> I am, there's not much that I can say would put me over the top and be done, but I would be done with the Patriots <laughs> if they pass on him. Yeah. Yeah. that. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause I, I looked at Todd McShay's mock draft before we came on too. And yeah, he had him, he has him as a really high, he had him high, but say like Mel Kuyper who does the opposite of him, like you said, had him like 16th. And I was like, what? 
I think he's good. Enough. Receivers don't go early in drafts. Like, you know, they go mid teens, like you mentioned, like Jerry Judy, I think went 17th. We saw rugs go 14th and then uh CD lamb went 17th in last year's draft. I think he could be a top 10 pick. I think he's that good. Like, I don't know for, for a team that needs that's close and needs a weapon. He could be a really good ad. For sure. I hope he maybe drops. the Texans. Yeah, that'd be a great spot for him. Because, well, they don't got Bill O'Brien to trade away great talent anymore, so maybe they'll actually keep him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that Hopkins trade. I mean, that's that's one that you're looking at as a Texan. If you're a Texans fan, you must just be disgusted with that. Yeah. How did the owners sign off on that? I don't know. Uh, that's that's another podcast. But um, let's talk about Trask just before we move on a little bit. You mentioned him his game last night, but – in the mock drafts, he was kind of, I seen him as low as say 17 and I've seen him like 25th. Do you think last night knocked him out of the first round? I mean, it didn't help bump him up any. Yeah. I mean, he didn't, he didn't jump, jump into the top 10 for last night. No, no. It's, it's bad that the most spark that Florida had last night was when they brought in their other quarterback. They Jones, brought in the- yeah. They brought him in and he ran the ball and he actually looked pretty good. And then they took him out. They brought Trask in and Trask couldn't get anything going. I think he scored three more points and they took him back out and went with the, when you get benched in a bowl game as a Heisman finalist, yeah, it's really tough to see. I mean, don't, you never want to judge off one game though. You know, you never want to throw it away off one game. No, he didn't play great in, in the LSU game either though. But that's the problem. That LSU game was their biggest game of the year. Yeah. If they win that game, they are have a real good chance of potentially making that top four. Yeah. And they lose to an LSU team who was terrible this year. Oh, terrible. They lose, yeah, they're so bad. They gave they were terrible and they lose that game. And if you're, you know, and someone drafting, if you're if you're looking at that as a scout or GM as an NFL team. You got to think he may drop out of the first round. I I think he's going to be a late first rounder. Yeah, somebody might trade up and get him. I mean, the teams that need quarterbacks are taking the quarterbacks early. Right. I think an interesting team to watch will be Pittsburgh, just because Big Ben's not getting any. I think he'll play another year, but to have an heir apparent behind him might be a good idea. Not 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 saying that's trash. That could be Mac Jones. That could be, you know, that could be Sam Darnold if the Jets decide to move on from him. But. I could a team like Pittsburgh to be the green Bay of last year and just trade up and scoop one up. So you took the words right in my mouth, you know, look what, you know, whether drafting love was the right move or not, I don't think it was, but it, it sure as hell lit a fire under, uh, under yeah, Rogers. Yeah. Like yeah. He's, he could definitely, he could win the, the MVP this year. Yeah. And maybe that's something you do with Pittsburgh. Maybe you draft someone, you know, to take over in a couple of years. Yeah. And another thing about Trask is, you know, Kyle Pitts missed three games and he doesn't look the same when Pitts is not on the field because Pitts, Pitts is another, he's another first round easy. He's, I think he's the best tight end in college football and it's not even that close. Um, maybe a Watermeyer at Texas A&M, he's pretty good too, but um, Trask just, uh, Kyle Pitts, I'm sorry, just looks like the real deal. And when he's not on the field, Trask struggles to, to find offense. Yeah, so that kind of worries me if I'm a GM that, you know, if your best guy's out, you can't make plays with anyone else. And that showed last night that, yeah. I mean, in fairness, there were some guys dropping some balls, but he also made some bad, bad throws. And, you know, look what, you know, you'll, you'll make fun of me here as a Tom Brady guy, but look what Brady, 
Grady showed, you know, the last few years in New England that, you know, even though he didn't have much to work with, he could still make things happen. Mm-hmm. So a good quarterback can make things happen when he doesn't have much around him. Yep. So Trask missing, you know, missing their, his main tight end and not being able to make plays. It's not a great look going into a draft. No, I, I see your point. I mean, they, Brady went 12 and four last year in New England with not much. I mean, Edelman, I think Edelman's going to retire after this year myself. I don't know. He seems to be beaten up. He's, he's but, pretty banged up and you know, he, he's done what he's need to do. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's made his money. He's won his championships. You know, why don't you just leave? And that way, you know, you're able to walk when you're 40. Right. Exactly. But um, what about Trask to New England? Well, there's, there's an interesting thing. So Trask, to New, I don't, if I'm the Patriots though, you don't take maybe in the second round. Yeah. I mean, if he's still there in the second round, I'd be okay with that pick, but not in the first round. They need, they need so many the Patriots need to either trade for a quarterback or yeah. make Stidham your guy for next year. But if they draft a quarterback, that's just a missed opportunity for so many other spots. Yeah. I think at their spot, they might be able to, get, they'll be able to get a good receiver, maybe Pitts. I, I'd be, I'd be nervous not to take him because he's going to, I think he's going to go pretty high, but they need to lose to the jets so they can get a better pick this weekend. Go jets. Yeah. Jets are on a roll. Jets are a wagon right now. Hop on that Jets wagon. Yeah. No. Um, you know, it'd be interesting because I think you're right. They'll be right in the, the catbird seat to pick up a good a good position player, which they desperately need. And Bill, this is not the year to take a D tackle. Do not take a chance on the D tackle who's in rehab. Take a player who's who's a known entity here. Exactly. Couldn't agree more on that one. <laughs> If they take another DB, <laughs> oh, man. But that would just be so Patriots to do it. Oh, yeah. It's like Kyle Pitts is right there. Like he's just – and the, they'll be like, oh, we'll take uh, we'll take the kid out of Troy. Yeah, the project no one knows about. Yeah. <laughs> he can do everything. Great special teams player. Yeah. He's got a great work ethic. Great kid. You know, we love him. Yeah. Oh. yeah that's – oh, that, that might happen. Who knows? Um. So let's get into to the two games, uh, Alabama, Notre Dame. What do your Irish have to do to keep this game close? To keep this game close, it has to be the most boring college <laughs> football game you've ever watched in a playoff, in my opinion. They cannot get into a, you know, a, a shootout. It just no. can't happen. They don't, Notre Dame doesn't play that style. Um, what Ian Book's going to have to be a superstar. And what I mean by that is he's not going to have to go out and throw for 400 yards. He's going to have to manage a game. He's going to have to get third downs. The problem against the Clemson game is they had so many opportunities at third and four, third and three, and they yeah. didn't, they didn't capitalize. And, and they have to capitalize on those third downs. They have to be able to run the ball, which no one has been able to do against Alabama this year. So we'll see how that goes, but they're going to have to, you know, get chunk plays, you know, five, six, seven minute drives, and then end up with touchdowns at the end of those drives. Yeah. They can't, they can't be th- going, throwing for bombs and going, you know, second, 10, third and 10, and just, and three and outs, because we know that Alabama will score points. Now the question is the defensive coordinator for Notre Dame has signed a, he is going to Vanderbilt next year to be their head coach. Mm-hmm. He's already decided that. Now, is he going 
going to be focused on Notre Dame or is he going to be focused on? Yeah, Canada? I always find that greasy when, when they still coach and they're still there. Like they're not 100% committed. There's no way. There's no, no way. way. And I, he, he has to be for them to have any chance. They have Brian Kelly and the rest of the coaching staff have to put a game plan in place to, you know, limit Alabama, like not stop Alabama because you're not stopping Alabama. They're going to score, but you're going to have to limit them to, I think if you can keep them under 20, you have a chance of winning. Now that's a lot to ask. (laughs) That's a lot to ask. And you know, I don't know. I watched the movie miracle about once a year and this is going to have to be, and this this is going to be, have to be a miracle where, you know, we play them 10 times. They may beat us nine, yeah. But not tonight. Yeah. Not tonight. <laughs> Tonight's our time, boys. Yeah. They but. they need Kyron Williams to be a star for sure. Absolutely. Uh, he's he's a damn good back. I like him a lot. I like watching him play. I think he's great back. I uh, agree with about Ian Book. Just play be a game manager. I think that term that term gets really I think misconstrued as something negative. Like for a long time, Tom Brady was a game manager and he won Super Bowls. So he wasn't towards the end of his run in New England, but those first four or five years, if anybody tells me he wasn't a game manager, I'll say, well, <laughs> go look at his passing yard totals. He wasn't exactly uh, lighting it up, but he can't turn the ball over. They, like you said, nobody's run against Alabama. They've allowed the least amount of rush yards all season, but you got to try and yeah. mix it up. You know, what teams I think do a lot is they run – you know, they run the ball on first down and they do it every time. And it's so predictable, like run Ian, Ian, uh, Ian book, run pass options, get him some bootlegs. You know, he's an athletic guy. Yeah. So allow him to use his legs too, to your advantage. For sure. And I think one thing that's going to have to happen is there's going to have to be a special teams play made by Notre Dame. Agreed. They're going to have to either run something back for a touchdown. They're going to have to block, block a time goal and return field something. Goal. something on the special teams end is going to have to happen for them. Because if not, it, this could, I mean, I, I'm going to be cheering for Notre Dame, obviously. Um, I'm going to take Notre Dame on the spread. I'm not going to take them to win it right now. You know, the number's close to 20 right now, which is the biggest number that has ever been for a college football playoff. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take Notre Dame on the points. I'm not going to take, I probably probably would too. Yeah. Because, but in saying that if Notre Dame doesn't play the right way and if they let Alabama score early, this thing could be a blowout. Notre Dame does we'll not know by the first quarter how this game's going to go. Yeah, Notre Dame does not come back on teams. If they it's don't. fourteen nothing in the first eight minutes, the game's over. You can turn it off. Yeah, exactly. You 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 might as well you might as well go watch something else. You might as well go go out go for a run. Honestly, yeah. in the cold, you're going to yeah. have more fun than watching we'll the game. Another beer. Wake yeah. Up, second nap. Because, I mean. But Notre Dame is a good team. Let's not. Oh, yeah. oh no, they, they are. They're very good. They got, they got there for a reason. They lost one game all year and they lost to a Clemson team who could potentially win a national championship. Yep. So they, in my opinion, Notre Dame still does deserve to be in that top four. Uh, I think they know, should have been third over Ohio State. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes. But you, I don't. I but think, we, we know why, because they didn't want us. We did. Nobody wanted to see Clemson, Notre Dame the third. Well, time. I like. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to see it for the third time. But I like, you know, I think Notre Dame should have been fourth behind a Texas A&M at third or an Oklahoma at third. Right, right. But, I mean, it's going to be an interesting game. I really hope that they can keep it close. I mean, obviously, I want them to win. I'm cheering for them. It would be a great thing for Notre Dame because if you look 
in years past, Notre Dame has never been able to win the big game when it matters. Yeah. If, you know, the last time they made a national championship final was when they only selected two teams to go and half their team was dating fake girlfriends at the time. So Manti Teo, you know? Yeah. So, so the question is, can they win that. a playoff game? Yeah. I don't, I would love to see them. They'd be the upset of the year mm-hmm. if they, they won, which is crazy to say the upset of the year in the, you know, the semifinals of a national championship, but it really would be, and they can do it, but I mean, I'm glad it's not a best of three or a best of five or a best of seven. I'm glad it's a one game. Anything can happen in a game. Yeah. I think if I'm the Notre Dame defense, I think, I think I sell out and sell out the pass and try just my damnedest to do something about the run. Just take my chances. I doubled Devonte Smith the whole game. I don't care. Lev Mechie can go one-on-one, you know, anybody else can, I'm not letting Devonte Smith beat me. Yeah. He beat me with two guys. But I think I focus more on the pass game. And Najee Harris is phenomenal. But, you know, you got to kind of – I think you got to focus more on one. Because if you got Devontae Smith one-on-one the whole game, that's going to be a nightmare for Notre Dame. No, I'm with you on the fact that if you're going to lose, lose to the run. Yeah. Yeah. Lose, lose to the – don't let the best players beat you. Mm -hmm. You know, if their second or third receiver is going to go off for 150, 200 yards, then you know what? Great job, man. But yeah. don't let the Heisman, potentially the Heisman winner, favorite to win the Heisman, go off and have a day. But you know he's going to want to. He's going to want to prove why he's the Heisman. Oh, for the sure. Yeah. So it's to me, it's the more intriguing match. Maybe not the more intriguing matchup. It's the one I'm looking forward to the most because I'm a, obviously a Notre Dame fan. But this game, it's either going to be really close and might be the game of the year, or it could be an absolute blowout where – and if it is a blowout, Notre Dame's – chances of getting back into the top four really hurt, really drop for the next couple of years. Cause it would have been their, it'd be the second blowout in three years. Exactly. If you look at how they've done in those bowl games or sorry, in the final four, they haven't been, they haven't done well. No. So if they lose another one, it's really just going to keep knocking them down and you only get so many chances. Yeah. I'll ask you this. Cause you're a Notre Dame fan. They're playing the ACC this year. Normally they don't have a conference, which I just think is a cop out move, but Nevertheless, uh, do you think they should stay in the ACC? Do I think they should stay in the ACC? Yes. Do I think, will they? No, because yeah. their TV rights, Notre yeah. Dame brings in a lot of TV rights and the money that those TV rights pay for to have them exclusive, so, so exclusively Notre yeah, Dame. NBC, NBC, NBC buys Notre Dame and they cover Notre Dame football. So I think that they will go back to having and go in no conference. Should they? No, I think it makes it tougher because like we said, as much as we don't think those, you know, those bowl games matter, at least you get into, you know, you get into a ACC championship game. Right. right? Yeah. So at least it's another thing you can add to the resume on a season. You'd be like, Oh, well, you know, I won the ACC or I you know, lost in the ACC final. Right. But I don't think, I think they'll go back once, you know, say this whole little world goes back to somewhat normal yeah, I think that they will, and next year they will play in non-conference again. Yeah, I agree with you. I I think it'd be better for them long term if they stay, just because I think they can they can get a new TV deal. I mean, they get the ACC, NBC. I think will pay big money for it because they can't let ESPN get everything. Because ESPN bought Alabama's rights that CBC has right now for the SEC. ESPN's getting them in like three four years, so. 
I, I plus I like Mike Tirico calling a game. He's really good. I mean, NBC's got some good people calling football games. So, but I think they could still play in the ACC. But you know, in a normal year, like you mentioned, they can play out of conference games. They could still play against Michigan or you know whoever that you know they they'd want to face. Yeah. No, I I agree. And like I said, I like you just said, I've enjoyed the broadcast of the Notre Dame Notre Dame games this year. I've really enjoyed them actually, but. It'll be interesting to see what happens on that front. I want them to stay. Chances are, I think they go back to non-conference. Yeah, no, we agree there. Um, so second game, you kind of said maybe the more, maybe the game that could be potentially closer if we just on paper, uh, Clemson, Ohio State. And first thing I thought of, Matt, is is this game for Justin Fields bigger than just a chance at the national championship? Because for me, it is. He needs to win this game. Yeah. End of story. It has to be a win. Or at least play I hope, great. I hope Clemson, and I'm, I do not like Clemson as a Notre Dame guy, especially this year. I hope Clemson demolishes them tomorrow. I hope it's they beat them by 40. Just because of the decision to get them in, I hope they go out and send Clemson sends a message and spanks them by 40. I don't, I mean, they probably won't probably be a close game, but I hope they do. But back to the fields question, like, as mentioned, we talked about earlier, fields really hasn't looked good this year. I yeah. loved fields last year. Fields yeah, looked really, really good last year. I thought he, you know, NFL ready last year, this year, not so much, but you know, no, or Ohio state is fresher because of what happened. Mm-hmm. They're only playing six games, you know, and Clemson playing 11 or 12, whatever the number was, but Fields needs to go out and, and have a big day. He's got to play good because if he doesn't, he, he's another one who really could drop. He's ranked, I think, right, you know, ninth or 10th in the, those mock drafts right around the top 10. He could drop to, you know, late first round if this happens, if he has a bad game. Yeah, no, it's exactly. They've won two games this year against their two hardest tough opponents. He's thrown through for 112 against uh, Indiana with three interceptions. And he threw for 108 with two interceptions against Northwestern. And other than that, like we mentioned before, Michigan State records, like who gives a shit? That's not that's nothing to brag about against those teams playing well. So I think it's a huge game for him. I think if he could beat Clemson and Trevor Lawrence, and Clemson's got a good defense too. Like they they're solid. If he could beat Clemson in this game it would help the committee because it would validate them. I don't think, I, I still, the thing about the Clemson, about the committee, Matt, I don't even think they want Ohio state to win this game. They want Alabama Clemson in the, in the national championship, but I think it, it would be a great NFL story and a draft story. If Justin Fields just balled out and, you know, had a great game for uh, Ohio state tomorrow. Now, if the, uh, if Notre Dame wins the first game, mm-hmm. I'll be cheering for Ohio state. Because right. Clemson just is, they match up. They you saw a few weeks ago. Notre Dame can't do anything against Clemson D. Mm-hmm. So if Notre Dame finds a way to win that first game, I will be cheering for Ohio State. Even though I'm, I mean, I don't like Ohio State or Clemson as a Notre Dame guy. I I respect Clemson because what they've done over the past few years. Yeah. But yeah, back to the fields. He has to have a day. Um, they have to run the ball as well. But he has to when it comes to throwing, he's got to make some plays. He can't throw interceptions. Right. And the big 12 made another change. They had 20, it was normal, usually 21 days that a player that tests positive for COVID has to sit out. It got switched to like 17, just nice enough that it's the day of the game tomorrow, 17th day for 
Chris Olave, their top receiver, can somehow play in this game. I don't know if it, they just picked 17 at random, or I don't know how they came up with that decision. But what a what a weird number, huh? yeah. weird how that 17 falls on you know your top receiver falls on the game day. You know, yeah, weird how that rule go not from not from 21 down to 14. No, 21 down to 17. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. Like, you're, just like, just say we want them to play. Like, it, it, yeah. it actually it does better because you're you're insulting our intelligence. Like, yeah, like we see what's going on. Yeah, like, like writing's just say, on the wall. Exactly. It's it's just another bad look by the NCAA or the NCAA man. Just yeah. a terrible look. But it's it's going to be a great game. I think. I think it's going to come down to the wire. Um, if Fields can play well, we know they can run. We know Ohio State can run the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, can they run against Clemson? We'll see. Um, it's going to be it's going to be one of those things. This game where one mistake could cost you the game. Whether it be an inter- a pick six, whether it be a fumble at a key time, I think one mistake, you know, early fourth quarter could could be the difference maker in this game. That's one thing for Ohio State that gives them a chance because Travis Etienne, who I think is a really good player, but he's been fumbling all year long. He's lost five fumbles, and if you see in the NFL now, the new the new technique is get your fist and punch the ball. So if that that's what if I'm the defensive coordinator of Ohio State, that's what I'm telling my team. Like we're not that talented this year, so let's we got to try to balls to the wall and try to make something happen. Because Clemson, on paper, is better offensively than Ohio State and defense. Like they're just a better team on paper. I think uh, Clemson's going to score points, and like you said, if I'm a defense, I think you sell out. I think you say, you know what, if, if we get, if we miss a tackle and give up a, you know, a 70 yard rushing touchdown, it's not the end of the world. Cause we are going to score points, but I think we should go for some, inter- go for some pick sixes, go for some, try and f- try and get him to fumble, mm-hmm. you know, go for some punches, try and knock that ball out. If you know, if you don't knock the ball out, he gets an, an extra couple yards. You know, it's not the end of the world for a Notre Dame team. It would be because Notre Dame, you know, struggles to, to right. put up points, but for a team, you know, like, you know, like Clemson who can score, then I think, or sorry, like Ohio State, I think you try for those, you know, try for those all or nothing plays, maybe. No, Mostly. yeah. No, I agree with you because yeah, if he's got all his weapons and he's playing well, they can they can match them score for score. And uh I think this game, I'm hoping this game is close because I don't think the first one will be. So I'm hoping that we get a, a better game in the nightcap. But um before we move on to game picks. Let's talk about Dabo Sweeney, head coach of Clemson. You know, he's he's kind of like us. He uh, he's kind of I think he has different reasons for doing this than us. But you know, the coaches have a poll where they rank the top twenty-five, and Dabo Sweeney had Ohio State ranked eleventh, and every other, you know, just for reference, like Nick Saban at Alabama had Texas A&M in the Final Four, but you could say he did that because they play in the same conference, or you could just say because that's what should have happened. But what do you make of Dabo being so boisterous and kind of having this bravado before the game against Ohio State? I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. I mean, like you said, I, he, he's definitely doing it for different reasons. Yeah. I mean, he's not doing it because, you know, he, he thinks that, you know, he's got wrong. Be there. Yeah, he's doing that just to get in the head of Ohio State, stir the pot, you know, keep stirring. And then he doubled down. He doubled mm-hmm. down on it the other day. He said, you know, they're a good team, but I stand by where I had them ranked. And the main thing about college football is we know how grueling a football game is. And Ohio State's coming in only playing six games, where these other teams are coming in playing 11 and 12 games. 
Right. And the fact that you can rank a team like, you know, take Texas A&M, who go, go out and lose one game all year. Do Alabama. You know, Alabama, probably the best, well, the best team. In, number one. Yeah. Number one. You know, that's the only team they lost to. Right. And to say that they shouldn't be there, they should be ranked behind a team that only played six games. And four, four of those games weren't against anyone, you know, anyone any good. And no. even, you know, Northwestern's good, but they're not. They got not no offense. House. They never, like, Ohio State never beat a powerhouse all year. They no. never had a statement win. So I love the ranking. I, I think they're ranked exactly where they should be. I mean, if they would have played nine or 10 games, then yes, put them in the top four. But where they, I think they should be ranked ninth or 10th, 11th. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And for me, I think it's apt. And also, you know, people would say, well, Coastal Carolina plays in the Sun Belt. They haven't beaten anybody. Well, Ohio State hasn't beaten anybody. You know, Coastal Carolina beating BYU is more impressive than uh, Ohio State being, beating Indiana to me. That's just personal preference, but I think it's more of an impressive win. I completely agree. Completely agree. I hate that we agree on everything. I want to argue with you something. I know. But we're, both lo- we're both logical. And I know. We're just it's logical. It's just a logical thing. thing that a team that goes 6-0, and who doesn't beat anyone, shouldn't be ranked higher than a team that goes 11-1, and where their only loss is to probably the national champion. Right. When they say life's not fair, I mean, that's the definition of life's not fair. Like, absolutely. I mean, if, if you're Ohio State, I mean, wouldn't it be just crazy if Ohio State goes and wins the national championship? Talk about the controversy that would bring. Oh, I mean, now that would bring some people talking. Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh would have to buy some new khakis because the Zarsen would be a little bit, a little bit brown, I think. And the fact Jim Harbaugh still is in Michigan is crazy. I think that's a controversy in itself. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a whole other story. I don't know how I, money. That's why, but he's done nothing there. He's absolutely nothing. nothing. And I I love watching it because one of my best friends is a big Michigan fan. Mm-hmm. So I love just piling it on him when they went <laughs> when when Michigan this year. I just would just send them the scores and just nothing else. Like you didn't have to put anything else in the text. Just right. send them for the game. That's all you need to do. And and it's it speaks for it speaks for itself. I, I don't even think he wants to be there. I think he wants to go back to the NFL. I think if you had a, if you had an open moment with him and he was just free, I think he'd tell you, yeah, I want to go back and coach in the NFL. Cause that's where he's had his most success. I could see it now back to our, uh, back to what the, uh, the rankings, where would you have a high state rank jug? Yeah, I definitely have Alabama Clemson. I probably put Notre Dame three just because I, I'd probably put them fourth if I had to schedule games. I get that. But just looking at it logically, they lost to Clemson. So their one loss against that team. A&M, third or fourth, because, again, they lost to Alabama. So that, that's fine. I'd have Cincinnati fifth for me. Uh, Oklahoma right there. BYU, I'd, put, uh, I'd have them ninth or tenth. Yeah. yeah like, I think yeah. that's that's exactly where they should be, and I think that's why Dabble Sweeney put them there. And, you know, even – yeah, he might have said maybe it's because, you know, stir the pot, but he's also right about where they should be. He's not wrong. Yeah. Like if you're just a fan like us tuning in and watching, you there's no way that you can sit there and say that they should be in the top four. And they may be one of the best four teams right. in the nation. That's not yeah. what we're saying here. I'm not saying that they aren't. Just, no, that they're, they're not they talented. They're not, not talented, but put them in the game last night. Don't put them in the top four. It's a joke. Yeah. 
it's it, and it's the Big Ten's fault for starting the season late. They didn't have to. They said they came out with this stance. Well, we're gonna be all about safety and medical shit, which I'm fine with. If that's your stance, that's fine. COVID, take it seriously. I got no issue with that. SEC, ACC decide to play. Again, no issue with that from me. You want to play? You can do it safely. I want to watch football. Let's go. But then the Big Ten says, well, you know, we uh, we think we can play. And they start in November, and they get a team into the Final Four. I mean, this season more than ever, all those teams must just feel like, why the hell did we play? Like, If I'm a Cincinnati why do I, why did I just play that season? Mm-hmm. No, obviously it's, it's great for the program. They're going to get some recruits in because of it, but it's, it is, must be a kick in the balls because, oh. because it's, it's, it's embarrassing that you can go out and, you know, take, take them and take, you know, especially Texas A&M who is a moneymaker. Like, how do you not get them? If you're, if it's all about money, how do you not get Texas A&M in that top four? Yeah. Uh, what a what a flawed flawed system. If they can only get us on there, we wouldn't care about the TV. We'd want to put the. To me, it's just put the four best teams, yeah. and I get it that it's a TV product, but I think there's enough college football diehard fans. I mean, you see them in a normal season; they're filling a hundred thousand seat stadiums, and I think a lot of people are going to tune in on New Year's Day to Alabama A and M or and uh, Clemson, Notre Dame, or whatever, however you want to f- put those four, just as much as seeing Ohio State. But that that's just one man's opinion. No, that's that's two man's, two guys' opinion yeah. with you. But like we said, as much as we hate it, we're both going to be tuning in tomorrow regardless. Yeah, so, they, they got you know, us. Maybe, maybe they know more than we do, right? Yeah, clearly they do because, yes, I'm not going to miss a snap. So, fuck them. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's move on to game picks. Uh, Alabama against your Irish. Who do you got? I like the Cinderella story. <laughs> you don't that, really mean that. Man, I knew, like, I've been dreading this question. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I think we've lost Matt, so he's cut out here. But um, I'll go over my game picks before, uh, before we sign off here. Um, I got Alabama defeating... I got Alabama defeating uh, Notre Dame quite easily. I think they'll, uh, they'll win by a good margin. Probably, Matt said the over-under is 20 points. I think Alabama will win. Are we back here? I think we're back. Okay, so yeah, uh, just give uh, – uh, you said you're taking the Cinderella. Yeah, I, I like Notre Dame by one point. I don't, I, I've taken them by one. Um, okay. If we're like I said, if it was a best of three, I like I like Alabama. Best of five, I like Alabama. Best of seven, I like Alabama. But it would be wrong of me as a fan not to take them. Do I do, do I think if they win, it's a, it's it's a, it's a fluke? I do. I do think if you're a betting guy, if you're smart, I think you if you're you're if you want to make a quick easy buck, you take Alabama outright. But I do like. I will be taking Notre Dame spread on the game. If the, if the, if it's plus 20, I'm taking the spread, but it, if Notre Dame loses to Alabama, I'm not going to be upset. You know, Alabama, they're, they're the best team in the, in the league this year, the best team in the country, Yeah. but I got it. I got to take Notre Dame by one. Just hope for a miracle. Yeah. I, I understand that for, for your fandom. Um, 
I'm going to take Alabama. I, I think Notre Dame will cover, though. So I think it'll be closer. Maybe Mac Jones won't play the fourth quarter, so it gets a little closer because of that. Oh, um, <laughs> just, just, kick, just kicking a guy while he's down, eh? Well, oh, that, that, that's that's I'm cool. Hoping for a, I want a close game. That's what I, I I hope for. I hope for a close game, but I think Alabama will will win. Um, maybe Mac Jones played the whole game. Who, who knows? <laughs> he, he needs the reps. So, oh um, man. Clemson, yeah. Clemson, Ohio State. Clemson by ten. That's what I, 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 like I said, I like Clemson by. I love to see Clemson spank them, but I also want a close game as a fan. Yeah. But as a you know cynic of the committee, I'd love to see Clemson beat them by thirty-five. But I think Clemson by maybe seven to ten points is what I think is going to happen. And then you get your game three. You know. Every, what everyone's looking for, Notre Dame, Clemson in the finals, you know, yeah, who, made the best team win. Who doesn't want to watch that? <laughs> you know, made the best team win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, realistically, I think Alabama could win the whole thing. You know, yeah. chances are, I think Alabama run, wins the national championship this year. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I agree. I think Clemson, I'm similar to you with the point spread. I'll, I'll go. Clemson by two touchdowns, just, I think they might pile it on late, but you know, Alabama Clemson, I think came into the season as the two best teams. And I think we'll, we'll see them finish the year the same way. Yeah. Very easily could happen. I think the one thing that was good, it was nice that we got a college football season this year. Right, yeah. There was, there was a talk or there was a long time there where we didn't think we'd get any college football. And I actually enjoy college football more than the NFL. There's, there's, you know, there's things that I obviously don't like about college football, but there's some things that I think college football does way better than the NFL with, mm-hmm. I mean, number one, you, I could do a full podcast with you going on about pass interference and in the NFL. And I love the way in college football, they let them play. I like, I like that they let the receivers and cornerbacks battle for a ball a little more than the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I find college football, there's more mistakes and teams, teams, you know, when there's mistakes, you know, there's, it's, it makes for more exciting football. Like you go watch yeah. a junior hockey game. Some junior hockey games are way more entertaining than NHL games. No, that like, Russia Sweden game last night was unreal. Amazing game. Unfortunately, I fell asleep in the third, yeah. but amazing game to watch. But, and you take the NFL, you know, you get up 10 points. You're just running the ball, you know, yeah. but in college football, you get up 10, you're trying to stomp on them. You're trying yeah. to beat them by 40. And I love that. I, I find that very entertaining. Don't get me wrong. I love the NFL too, but it was nice that we got a college football season. Yeah. Now the question remains, who's going to win? Mm-hmm. Notre Dame fighting Irish, baby. Great yeah. way to end it today. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I'm, I'm so pleased we got a college football season. Like you, I was worried we wouldn't. And that kind of takes up my Saturdays. And without it, you know, me not having a life just gets less and less credence because I'd be just be sitting here doing nothing. So at least I can say, Hey, no, I can't come out to this function. I'm uh, watching college football. So it gives me an out. Exactly. There's nothing better than being a little hungover on a Saturday on the couch, watching some college football, and college football. I love that. It starts at one, me too. not two. I love the one o'clock start. It's great. Yeah. Um, no, thanks for having me on, Jug. And, you know, I want to wish you a happy new year and looking forward to 2021. No, absolutely. Uh, happy new year to you as well. Obviously, some good news with the hockey front coming back in the NHL. So uh, I'll have you back on soon. We'll, we'll be talking uh, about some hockey. 
Absolutely, buddy. Appreciate it. You know, say hi to the family and uh, I'll be talking in 2021. And I'm sure by that, I mean, texting you tomorrow about the games. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, for Matt Wright, I'm Noah Warren. Uh, We'll be talking soon here and to the point. Happy New Year and uh, happy holidays.